If you know somebody personally who can bench press 500 pounds, you're an anomaly. You don't have to be the best at everything, but you should know how to do everything. You should be good at everything. You should have some background awareness of what good marketing is and what a marketing department looks like. Did you do anything different than your bread and butter six week challenge that the audience can learn from? Or was it you just you found something that worked and hammered the shit out of it? Hello and welcome to this special episode of Gym World Worldwide. I am here with Mateo Lopez, broadcasting in from his in-law's basement in Long Island. Uh, th thanks for putting us down in the gym. You know, I, I like the uh, dumbbell from uh, 1997 there. I really appreciate that. And the bench uh, is like made of like the bench is made of like metal. Ooh, like where yeah. you lay down, there's like a thin like a uh, fake leather just wrapper around it, but no padding. So it's just, it's, uh, it makes you mentally tough as well as physically tough. You want that prison, you want that prison feel in that Hamptons beach house, you know, that's I don't uh... know if you can see how narrow for the, for the audio people, this is not gonna be fun for you, but it's really narrow. The, where you are, lift the bar off. Uh, I the, think the I gym. saw that same gym in Pump and Iron, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, like 1976 I, model right there. I would bet Teo's are are um, mint condition, mint condition, probably part, very lightly used if I had to guess. But um, that's our guest, Joe Riggio of Varsity House and the Business of Strength and another secret small group training concept that we're going to go in depth in on the show. Um, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to do this. And uh, thanks for waiting out all of our technical difficulties. We we appreciate you and we're happy you're here. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm usually on the other side of the desk with all the tech difficulties. And today was an anomaly that I was able to get on with no issues. <laughs> so we took the first uh, 13 minutes where we were supposed to be recording, just trying to unpack all the stuff that you were involved in. Uh, <laughs> our, our viewers are going to come uh, from more of a CrossFit background. So, you know, you're, you're a pretty big deal in the small group training world. Um, maybe give us like the quick two minute elevator pitch of your background and the things you're working on now, and then we'll dive into all the good stuff. Sure. Sure. So like a lot of trainers started just, I love sports, played sports, you know, love fitness, been a weight room junkie my whole life. Just graduated college. <laughs> Worked for a bunch of people for a few years, decided to open up my own place in 2006. Um, that was all sports performance. Um, typical first, you know, mistake. And <laughs> and did that for three years, um, partnered up with my partner, Dan, went to a bigger facility, um, hired our first couple employees, still only training athletes. Second mistake. Um, took two more years uh, to get adult an adult process in there. We hired our first business coach in 2011, um, Pat Rigsby, which a lot of people know. Um, Pat's a phenomenal guy, and, and it was a great mentor. And um, I went out to Louisville, and Pat told us we were basically you know got to go out of business if we didn't start doing something between six and three, uh, uh, six a.m. and three p.m. And we had to fill that space up, so we did. And, and we created a six week transformation program um, in 2011 that we've run every year, twice a year since we've done 25 of them. And it's made us roughly I want to say right around about four and a half million dollars in total revenue since then. Um, that really scaled our business. And in 2014, we were able to buy and build um, this building here. We constructed this from nothing. It was a, it was a 
piece of dirt, right? And so we bought this, we bought 17 acres here, built a giant compound with other buildings and stuff on it, but we built this and constructed this here. Um, built our Mecca, you know, we thought, you know, athletes, we were doing team training, we were doing NFL training, we were doing a lot of that stuff. Um, obviously, you know, big gyms, big bills, big problems, lots of employees, you know, we, we recently had to pave, you know, the parking lot, like 35 grand. We had to replace the turf once, 50 grand. We had to put in some uh, some street lights, you know, 20 grand, you know, and it's like, oh man, you know, this, you know, this they, they didn't write that anywhere in the gym owner manual, right? And uh, so, so you know, my business partner and I, you know, have this place, you know, pretty well set up. We've got a great team here. A lot of people have been with us for 10, 15 years or so. And uh, so we were looking for more. We started doing some business consulting, got that to a point where we kind of hit the set mark on that. And we kind of were happy with where that's at. We got a little bit of a room for growth there, but it's not our main focus growing the consulting. It's more of a passion thing because I love coaching other coaches and helping the industry. And, and so we decided to kind of go a little bit in, in, a, in a different direction and take our best products, services and prices out of here and shrink that down into a, you know, let's call it 1,200 to 1,800 square foot semi-private gym that has one product three price points, two and a half employees, two to three employees, depending on the, the, the size of the facility. And roughly anywhere between 100 and 150 clients, depending on, again, depending on the size of the facility with an average price point over $400 a month um, to kind of hit that sweet spot right around 550 to 600K in revenue at roughly, I mean, these, these facilities are run at about 40% ROI. We're like a big giant facility like this. You know, if you're, if you're sniffing, you know, 2022, I think we're right in, right in that range. I mean, we're, you know, for a gym this big, that's doing really, really well. Um, so that's the model going forward. We got a plan in place to open up a few. We got the second one of our first block of five happening this spring. We'll have another one in the fall. That'll be three out of the five. And uh, we're kind of learning as we're going and, you know, trying not to screw it up too much. And I don't think you mentioned it, but what's the name of the new concept? It's just VH personal training, right? It's just kind of a, 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 I want to call it like a side brand. We thought about rebranding. We had a couple different concepts. We met with a branding team and we just had such a strong um, name in the local community in our North Jersey, Rockland County kind of area um, that, you know, again, an, another mistake we made was kind of just thinking we would just like copy things and move it over. We definitely had to retool the marketing, the branding, some of the verbiage and stuff like that to be a little bit more conducive to the market that we were going after. Um, and, and, but that, that's, that's VH personal training. So you're, you're 20 years into the game. I'm hearing some 27 uh, or 28. Yeah. Well, 2006, you said was the first gym. Oh yeah, 2006. But again, I I trained my first person for money when I was 19. I'm 47, so. Got it. Got it. So we're almost 20 years into the gym, the actual ownership game. Correct. Uh, I'm I'm hearing some knowledge of a grizzled veteran who's who's made <laughs> some mistakes along the way, just based off of uh, the way you're pitching. Uh, you know, and hearing that fifty thousand dollar turf bill, you know, that hits me in a real way. Oh yeah. Um, and and so you own the the Mecca facility, right? Like, and, and that's, I, if you talk to somebody who's new to the game, their, their, their business is growing. That's typically the way they, they talk. It's like one day I'm going to have a huge one. I'm going to own the building. It's going to be a million square feet. There's going to be, you know, 30 cryo chambers and cold plunges and saunas and all these, you know, um, exactly what you built. And so it's funny to hear like, here's a guy who's got it all. And what's he doing? He's doing Going what smaller. Uh, literally any gym owner could do out the gate. Uh, so let's talk about it. How did you go about like owning uh, the, the Varsity House, uh, the, the Mecca facility? 
Was it like something where you used the cash flow to buy the land? And then a little bit after that, you were able to get a loan to build the thing. Like, how did this come to fruition? And, and how big is it? You mentioned a $50,000 turf bill. How many square feet is this place? Well, the turf itself is the indoor turf is 100 by 40 feet. So the indoor turf is 4,000 square feet by itself. Bigger just than most gyms. <laughs> just the turf, yeah. And the outdoor turf is the same size, and that's field turf. That's actual pellet turf like that you would see at like high schools, colleges, pro teams, and stuff like that. That's X-Grass, which is a, a, a large brand. Uh, I'll add that to the mistake list, too, because they're obviously one of the more expensive brands, too. Um, but the the basically how it went down was, you know, all, all bootstrapped from zero. So the first facility in which was a garage gym, the small gym. And, you know, if I could go back in time, I was like, man, I should have just stayed there for another five or six years and maximize the hell out of that space. I shared that space with a guy who did basketball skills and drills. So he had about 1,200 feet. I had about 1,200 square feet in a rectangle box back of a warehouse. My rent at that time was literally maybe, I mean, all in my bills were maybe 1500 square feet. Like they were like, you know, I mean, 1500 bucks a month, you know, it was, it was, it was super, super cheap and I should have stayed, but I met a great guy, my business partner, and he was hungry, humble and committed and really wanted to grow. And we got together and got all excited about, you know, how much ground we could cover. Went to the second facility, another rental facility that was about 5,000 square feet. We crushed that facility. We out earned that facility and we dominated in the last couple of years there. I want to say we were doing close to a million dollars in that space. Um, and our overall total like overhead was like, you know, our rent was like 3,500. Our overhead and stuff was cheap. Our, our employees were getting paid squazole at that point. They, they were still, you know, we didn't have real ascension plans for employees and stuff like that, you know. And, um, and, and so we had had a family that we worked with and, 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 we really helped transform their lives. You know, uh, uh, the husband and wife, you know, lost a tremendous amount of weight, got themselves in shape. Um, the, 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 the little boy who started all their son, Ryan started training with me and, you know, wound up getting a full scholarship to college for golf and stuff like that. And, and so when we started looking for space, um, Peter had become, his name's Peter Skay. So Peter had become like a mentor of mine from a business side, just a personal side. He's not much older than me, but he's incredibly successful and he's a super, super sharp guy. And, and, and so we got to talking with him and, and he knew we were looking for space and I was looking for 50%, 7,500 to 10,000 square feet. And obviously the rents were like insane. It was like, oh my God, like, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. We need more space, but I don't think we could afford it. Right. We had such a great deal where we were at. Um, and, but we were busted at the seams, you know, we would literally have people waiting in the parking lots. Cause like you couldn't even walk into the facility when a group was in there training. So there were 50, 60, 70 kids inside the gym. Right. And, uh, and, and so, so basically what happened was, um, you know, we said, we went out to dinner with him one night and he was like, look guys, I know you're looking for space and, 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 um, you know, that space is expensive. I, I really think you could possibly think about building one of these steel construction buildings and mortgaging it out, uh, for less than, you know, what you would pay 15, 20 grand, 25, 30 grand a month in rent. And I was like, and you own something. He's like, again, there's a lot of headaches that come with ownership. But at the end of, you know, in 20 years, you have a multi-million dollar asset. And I said, all right, well, let's start looking. So we started looking for space. We found a piece of property that was abandoned for tax sale. Um, and it was owned by a trust fund that didn't even know they owned it. And so we, ma we made a play on the property and, and we bought the property um, for a steal. And there was nothing here. It was just woods. And in 2013, we started the construction project. And, and, you know, it just so happens that Peter's built, Peter's company does 
that type of construction. So he helped us with the whole process. They GC'd the process. They engineered and architect the whole process. And, you know, I got to sit down with him and his architecture and engineering team, me and my business partner, Dan, and literally design our dream facility based around a high volume of athletes, pro combine athletes. You know, we wanted this giant turf that we could do, you know, 40 yard dashes in and all this stuff like that. And now when I look, I don't even, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to rent out or change that outdoor turf now. Right. So, and that's really it. So, you know, we, we got that 2014, September 15, 2014. We opened the doors to our brand new facility and, you know, we, we crushed it. We worked our butts off. And, and, you know, I think at that time, like a lot of gyms, you know, we were kind of fueled by just pure adrenaline, right? Like excitement and pure adrenaline. We had this thing. We did this thing. We always kind of in my head, it's like, well, when we get to a million, this is going to happen. I didn't realize that there was a profit side of that too. So we got to a million in gross, but profit wasn't that great at first because we were spending a ton, right? And, um, you know, like we said, like 2014, 2015, everybody's excited. Everybody's killing themselves, working hard. 2016, 2017, you know, things are going good. But, I mean, you know, as you, as you, you know, when you go from, I, I use it like fitness, right? Like it's easy. Every A lot of people can bench press 135. A, a good amount of people could bench press 225. The crowd starts to thin out really, really drastically at 315 a handful of dudes that can bench press 405. And if you know somebody personally who can bench press 500 pounds, you're an anomaly, right? So, so you know, the reality is, is that as, as the business grows, you know, growth slows and, and what got you to 100 clients, 200 clients will not take you to 300, 400 and beyond, right? So marketing processes, systems, employee development, recruiting processes, you know, really professionalizing how we attract you know, top talent and stuff like that. All those things had to change. So we really hit the brakes hard in 2017 and really saw a flat line. And, you know, we started to panic, right? Because, you know, Dan and I, you know, were like, oh, crap, man. Like, you know, what the heck? We're not really, we haven't grown year over year. We started to kind of flatline. We started really looking at inward at some, at a lot of those processes. And Dan and I were still coaching probably 30 hours a week each. And I was still, um, totally involved in like head over heels involved in, uh, pro athlete training. And, 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 you know, for all the people out there who are thinking like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. It is, it's awesome. And I loved it. And I loved every second of it. And I wouldn't change the past for anything. You know, I had some of the greatest athletes and kids that I could ever have wanted to train. And I filled that cup up for myself. And like, if I look back at like the 19 year old Joe, who was like, I just want to work with like the best athletes in this. I did that. Right. And I, and I was excited. Those son of a bitches never paid a goddamn dime, <laughs> you know, and if they did, it was minimal. It was a couple grand here and there. I probably could take all the pro athletes that we ever had in here, you know, and maybe it was $50,000 in that, you know, total. Right. And um, so, so. You know, we, we hopefully they give you like a jersey or something. They yeah, I got a couple jerseys. You know what, man? You, you got really, some nice it, merch. Yeah, we got some cool merch. You know, tickets to games, things like that. Right? Obviously, you know, we still got a kid that's like I would say like one of our best kids right now. We have two guys that are still kind of fringing around the gym that kind of homegrown from kids. A, a guy named Jordan Fuller, who's a captain safety for the Rams, and a guy named Jake Cerezo, who's def, you know nominated for Defensive Player of the Year in the Canadian League. Like, you know, two great, great human beings who who have transcended football into being awesome people. Right. So that's really, you know, what I enjoy the most. But again, like I said, from a business perspective, we were kind of flatlining and we were getting nervous. And then so 20, 2017 comes 2018, we're making some changes, right? Um, 2019, 28 to end of 2018, going into 2019, we start implementing a small group model here. Before that we were probably a large group, right? At about a hundred and roughly let's call it 150 bucks a month. Right. So we had this large group model, 
people could just come into any class. We have about 40 classes a week on the schedule and classes could be, obviously we have a big facility here. So classes, literally a Saturday class could be 60 people. Right. And, and, and we had private training. So we do about a hundred private training sessions a week. Right. And, and then athlete athletes and teams. We took all that. We streamlined the hell out of it. We implemented a semi-private model. We fund, we fueled the semi-private model with our private training people. We just basically told them, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're no longer able to service this the way we want to. It's going to go to this. You're going to be able to train twice as much at half the price. And obviously most of the people are like, well, that sounds awesome. Still fully customized plan, still great coaching experience, still all, everything that they need for the majority of like that, call that that 30 to 60 year old people, you know, that need that, that need, you know, the basics mostly. And, uh, and the majority of people loved it. So we seeded it with that. Obviously, we all know what happened in 2020 here, right? We hit the dirt. And, uh, but I think because we had such a tight knit group, Dan and I are very involved owners and very much involved in the community and so forth. Um, at our lowest point in 2020, um, we, we, we never went below 82% of our people paying. So, you know, that kept us going. We never missed a payment, never missed a, anything, kept the, kept the gym speakeasies. I tinted out all the windows and we just kept training people. And, uh, <laughs> just ran dirty. You were that guy who was getting uh, the, the newspapers coming after him. I had the chief of police, the mayor, everybody training here. Like nobody, like everybody's like, we're not putting oh, you so guys Oh, so you were that guy. You had that Northeast hospitality. You had the protection. I had the protection. And and look, you know, I, I think, you know, it's it was unfortunate what happened to a lot of gyms during that time in different states and communities and so forth. But, you know, uh, uh, we spoke directly to the to the police, to the mayor, to the fire department, and we we're like, "Look, guys, you know, I mean, see that we're going to go out of business. You want a great community center that you know, literally hundreds of people and their kids and families, and you know, we donate you know hundreds. We, over the years, we donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to cancer foundations and stuff like that. It's like either that goes away and this great community place goes away, or you know, we got to turn a blind eye for a little bit, right? And you know, you know, we gave everybody the option: if you're not comfortable training, don't train, don't come, right? Um, but the biggest thing that happened was during 2020 and 21 was we made some radical changes to the pricing model and the structure of the business and that we streamlined all the schedules. We stopped doing team training. We flipped the switch from being at like, let's call it 70, 30 athletes to adult revenue to 80, 20 athlete adults to athlete revenue. We went all in on semi-private doubled our prices during COVID went from an average price point of about $200 a month to $400 a month. And, 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 and basically told people if you're either with us or you're not, and this is what it's going to be. And we're going to, we're going to over deliver the shit out of it. And we're going to give you the best product that you've ever seen training wise at this price point. And, and that's what we did. And, and, you know, you go fast forward four years, you know, we're, we, we've, we've just had our absolute best year by far on all facets in every gym and every business that we own. And I think a lot of that is just because we've, we've decided to double down on our value, on our value, what we should be charging and, and, and delivering a, a, an amazing product, obviously. Only takes uh, about 20 years to figure it out. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it sounded like 2017 was like a pivotal year. Mm -hmm. And at the time you were running basically, uh, a similar model to what sounds like a CrossFit gym, right? Yep. A ton of group classes, $150 price point. Um, where, where'd you stall out? That was like around a million in top line, you were saying? Yeah, about a million, a little bit, like right around a million or so we were stalling out. You know, we probably had all in, we had about 200 or so adult clients and probably uh, on average about 100 athletes that were consistently training with us throughout the year right um, but again our prices even for our team training you know it's funny because dan my business partner dan um 
you know, who's, who, who's, who's our CEO and, and, and our financial, um, arm of the business. Um, it's funny. He sent me a bill the other day, just that he was digging through some of his old files and he sent me a bill for team training for the whole summer. It was like 16 sessions, you know, two and a half months of training. It was off site, out of field. And it was like for like a 90 minutes, which meant that it took a half hour to get there, probably a half hour to wrap up, half hour to get back. So you're looking at easily three hours worth of time every day for three of our me, Dan and like our head coach to go there. And it was like literally the equivalent of like 50 bucks an hour if if you're lucky. Right. So and I look at that bill. It was like for like, I don't know, 1800 bucks for the summer. And I was like, what were we thinking? Right. And that was like 2018. That wasn't that long ago. You know, so. Yeah. Like you were relatively successful on the surface. Right. Like the top one percent of gym owners. Exactly. From the outside looking in, we got this gorgeous facility. We're doing a seven. We got a seven figure gym, you know, um, and but profitability wasn't where it needed to be. So, you know, 2017, like I said, we just said, you know, we're going to start moving this model. Uh, Vince Gabriel really helped me with that a lot. You know, uh, uh, we hired Vince as a coach in 2017. Uh, Vince was a big part of that process and still is. We still we still um, we still do a lot of coaching with Vince and he's a great guy and he's been tremendously helpful. And it sounds like because um, there's a similar thing going on in CrossFit right mm -hmm. now. It's like you look at what the top end gyms, or at least, you know, we talk to, we try and talk, do an interview like this once a week with a successful gym owner. And yeah, it sounds like the, the, the top of the top of the top are exactly where you were in 2017. They got, they have a seven figure gym, but they have a ton of, you know, the bottom line isn't where it needs to be. And you're just struggling with all the issues that come with running large group without having that higher ARM on the bottom. Um, I guess the the issue when we talk to CrossFit gyms about running something like this or, or any gym that's going from group to small group uh, is that it's a very painful transition. Sounded like COVID almost acted like a forcing function for you, but um, you started to do a little bit beforehand. Like what advice would you give to someone if they're, they're trying to make that leap in transition? So... I have like real time advice with one of our consulting clients right now that that I have one of them that listened to us and did it right. And one that didn't. Right. And I won't name their names. Right. But one went in and just said, you know, I'm switching everything. And and they had a lot of pushback. And and I think like anything, all humans are adverse to change. That is a that is a, a it should be a law of, of human psychology. Right. Most people, when they get into a groove, they like to stay in the groove and, and your clients are no different. So so you have to be, you know, conscious and cautious about, you know, changing your model pricing and stuff like that too rapidly. Now, if you're in a desperate financial situation where you're hemorrhaging money or you haven't taken a paycheck in six months and things like that, you might just have to like, you know, blank slate, everything and start all over. But what I recommend is that you, if you have a, if you have that model where you have a large group fitness and semi-private model is you just create the shell of the set or, or sorry, large group fitness and private training model. You create this shell of your semi-private model at the most popular times that you think are going to, are going to hit. So let's say like 6 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 6 p.m., stuff like that. You don't have to have a big schedule. It could be, you know, let's say nine classes a week to start this process and all we did was we just invited out, hey, we want to create a new product that we think is going to serve you better and and save you a ton of money. It was really, you know, the two key factors of that. It's going to be customized coaching, great product, same great coaching, same great plan, 
just sharing the session in time with a couple other awesome community members. We'd like you to try it, right? So we, we printed out our, 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 our top client list, like our big spender list, if you, if, if, if you value the clients based on what they spend, but like you know, some of our best clients and some of our big mayors, the people, the, the chirpers in the community who we knew were like real, had like a, like a following of their own in a sense. And we just said, look, we want you to try it for a month, 100% free. We're gonna, we're gonna over deliver the hell out of this. Come try this product. We know you're gonna love it. And they did. And that's really, and that was it. You know, out of that first group of people, we had about, we, we seeded the program with about close to 40 people, like 37 people or so that tried the product for that first month. Most of them stayed. And over the course of the years, that's, that's still part of our model. We still have large group here and we still do private training, barely. Um, but, but the large group process we still have here, we've just streamlined the classes down. And now it's more of like a fitness add-on um, for your personal training, right? That you can jump into a class two to augment some of your personal training. And one of our best upsells is still like every, every, every month we give away a free month upgrade to, you know, a bunch of people. It's like, Hey, you know, you're doing great. You're at month, you know, usually we do that a month run month three. Um, and it's like, Hey, you've been here for 90 days. You've been doing awesome. You know, we really want to supercharge your workout for the next month. So your next month uh, of semi privates on us, right? And you, they get to try it. How'd you like it? I loved it. Do you think this would help with your results? Absolutely. Great. You want to stay? Yes, I do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you know, the little just, crack rock that you just give them the first hit for free. Yes, and yes, let yes. Them run with yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> well, you're mentioning free stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask about that at the at the Varsity House Gym. It seems like the main CTA is a free week. So, what is that offer exactly? Well, the goal is to never actually give the free week. Okay, great. I was concerned because like private uh, training for free sounds expensive to you, but. Well, it's, it's a free week of custom. It's a free week of semi-private if they take it, right? So like, so basically our, our onboard would be a, a individual goal setting and assessment session that we meet one-on-one -on -one with a coach. We get to know, I mean, you, you, a client's going to meet one-on-one -on -one with a coach. It's a little bit, you know, 15 minutes to get to know you. 20, 30 minutes of, of, of a basic movement screen assessment and some fun stuff to kind of acclimate them to what the training sort of is going to look like. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes to sit down and prescribing the right process for them. Um, the goal of that is to give them a fast action offer, right, that we have that day. And, and, and I would say about 98 to 99% of the people take the fast action offer, which is a little bit of a savings, you know, off their first month. Hey, look, you can take the free week, but if you do that, I can't get you the discount. So it's one or the other. You want the discount today? We get started. Let's get to work. And, and that's pretty much it. I see. So the, the free week is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so a placement a, holder. A, you know, it's, it's converts yeah. really well for us. We, you know, it depends on our website. The free week is the main CTA, but like right now, like our ads are pushing to a 30 day jumpstart. And a 30-day jumpstart's been our best like ad for the year. Um, so far, we've run that probably on and off maybe six times this year where we switch it out every couple of months for, um, you know, a, a two plus two, like buy two weeks, get, get two weeks free, um, the free week offer, obviously, um, or just something non-specific like, hey, we're looking for, you know, 10 busy moms who want to transform their fitness and, and, and lifestyle stuff like that. So, um, but, uh, the, so we'll, we'll rotate that out, but the website doesn't change the web, you know, so all, all leads coming to the website, you could action the free week basically. And why did you decide to do something different with the, uh, the new concept with the, with the offer? Cause that one drives, it seems like talk to us and it's a little, the flow is a little different. 
Uh, well, it flows a little different. Same ads, same process for the ads. Ads are pushing free week, 30 day jumpstart, two plus two, you know, 10 busy moms, 10 busy dads, things like that. Um, talk to a coach, you know, that is actually something that is changing. The new website is in beta right now. And, and we're going to push a little harder CTA to, you know, sign up, you know, you know, grab your free week type deal too. Um, that seems to be working the best. Um, but you know, conversion's been really great. So sometimes, you know, uh, I think as entrepreneurs and me, I'm in the marketing seat and my brain is always wrapped around like, you know, the verbiage, the messaging, you know, and so forth. And I think like, you know, so sometimes we tinker for the sake of tinkering because we're bored. And, and, and as the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, and that's been a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, that was something I was curious about because it sounds like you had a real uh, a real change in your business when you did the six week challenge, you know, years ago, and it sounds like the offer hasn't changed that much. It went from six weeks to thirty days, or or whatever, um, and that's something we definitely struggle with and have in the past when talking to gym owners about marketing when they ask us about marketing. Um, as you said, they want to tinker or they just want to, they're tired of the same offer. So they want to change it. And uh, Facebook ads don't work anymore. I guess, uh, have you heard that claim uh, with gym owners when they come in and ask to do the two week intensive or whatever it is? So yesterday, yesterday we had our first ever, like, so, you know, in our consulting group, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a mix of semi-private and private, you know, training for your, for your business. Right. So we have, we have a, we have a group, that we have and we only keep that with 25 gyms in there that's the max that's all we want in there so once maxed out it's maxed out and um and then we have like you have a one-on-one you know each each gym has a console so yesterday we ran our first like high level executive meetup right so we had several of our gyms come in for like a full day 10 hour day and out of those gyms um only one of them was um running facebook ads to a let's call it to a good, a, a good degree, right? They were doing it. They were doing it pretty smart and they, they had hired, they had just hired an agency and, and they were, they were, they had some, the, the head person of that gym um, is pretty creative on the marketing side and does a really nice job with the verbiage, the messaging and the creative right there. So, and the other gyms, the, the other four gyms that were there, all, all, all of them across the board, Facebook don't work. Facebook sucks. My Facebook ads never do anything. And I said, well, well, here's part of the problem is a, you just haven't skilled yourself enough to run them properly. B, um, you're you're just doing too much and you don't focus as much time on them. And or C, um, you know, you're a me head gym owner and you should probably just hire somebody who knows what they're doing on the Facebook side, right? And that's what I've done, right? I'm, I'm I I know how to run ads. I've run ads myself. I I'm very good at the marketing side of things, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a tech nerd. That that's hire a tech nerd and get them to run ads at a, at a much higher caliber than what you can. And I guess my last follow up on this, and then we can. We can move on, but I listened to uh, maybe it was a podcast you did recently, or, or something to the effect of, "Hey, um, if you're thinking about opening up a gym, there are these six key rules, and you should have some experience in all of them." Um, but it sounds like when it comes to marketing, you know what? Maybe try it, but you can also just uh, um, outsource this seat to someone else. Is that kind of the the case, or do you still think it's it's worth it for everyone to at least try their hand at it? So they understand kind of what the uh, metrics are for success and what failure looks like. So, you know, we go, I, I like to use training analogies, right? So, you know, and since you guys are CrossFit based, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about CrossFitters, right? 
you know, if you look at fitness as a continuum of abilities, right? Strength, power, speed, endurance, flexibility, mobility, whatever it is, right? And you think about those like an equalizer, like the old school 90s equalizers on a radio, right? And, and, you know, and imagine that there's only 100%, right? So as one equalizer raises, another one has to decrease, right? And, and so, so, you know, CrossFit's done an amazing job of making people like really good at a bunch of those things. They're not the best in any one thing because the power of the top powerlifters in the world are squatting a thousand pounds, right? The top endurance athletes are are running a full marathon in two and a half hours, right? Matt Frazier can't even do that, right? But he's really awesome at a whole bunch of things, right? My analogy to gym owners is that you're never going to be the best at anything because you're a gym guy, right? So you might be a really great coach like Eric Cressy, but then you probably need somebody like like Pete to pick up the business slack, right? But you should know everything. You should be good at everything. You don't have to be the best at everything, but you should know how to do everything. You should be good at everything. You should have some background awareness of what good marketing is and what a marketing department looks like. Because Facebook ads, social media posting, and randomly sending, firing out emails is not marketing. That's just a marketing tool that you're using and you're just creating, you know, in a sense, a lot of times what I find with a lot of our smaller gyms that are just getting going, they're actually creating more confusion and chaos with their audience because it's 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 a training tip video. Then it's a spotlight. Then it's this. Then it's that. Then it's this. And there's no real direction or there's no overarching brand and there's no overarching process and ideology behind it. So although I have um, I sit in the marketing seat, I own the result of marketing, but I have an agency that does our ads, websites, funnels, and things like that. And I have a social media team that does our social media and, and you know, graphics, things like that. I have a meeting with them every Monday and that's our kickoff meeting for the week. Hey, here's what we got in the pipeline. Here's what's coming up. Here's our initiatives. Here's what's happening for new years. I control the narrative of, are we on brand? Is the messaging clear and concise? Does it have a direction and follow some type of process that people that are, if they're on the journey with us and they're following our social media and they're following our emails, is there some type of journey that they're on that's leading to something, right? Am I educating, motivating, inspiring, or am I directly asking them to buy, right? And, and we kind of try to, wanna, we want to rotate those things, obviously kind of using like a Gary Vanderchuk ideology of jab, jab, hook, right? I want to give a lot more than I get, than I ask for. And I always want to be providing great content and value and making sure that we're spotlighting our great community and people having fun and stuff like that. And I think if you just hire out, what I've seen with people who just like don't want anything to do with the marketing, like, oh, I'm just going to hire an agent. Ads are going to solve everything. Well, ads will solve some of the problem, but that's not going to solve it all. And then when Zuckerberg decides that he wants to chain the algorithm and your, and your cost per lead triples and you don't have a backup method to market with, um, that's when you usually see some problems, right? But um, – Look, Facebook is still by and far away our, our, our best marketing process, you know, along with referrals, right? But like a lot of things, you have to constantly watch the ads. You have to constantly change the creative. You have to constantly be on top of that. I work with the agency weekly to make sure that things are optimized. And on the referral side, if it's, if, you know, that has to be a process too. And you ask most gym owners, it's like, oh, what's your biggest moneymaker? Oh, I get referrals. Well, when do you get them? I don't know. What do you mean? I just wait, you know, clients refer when they refer. I was like, you got to ask. You got to have initiatives. You got to have a process, right? I want to know exactly how many referrals we get every month on average. And then we have a number to be every month, right? And, and when I say that, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, how are you going to, what do you do? I said, like, well, I mean, you're telling me that your number one marketing plan is to wait for somebody else to grow your business, like, like, you know, Bob, the architect, goes home and says, man, 
I got to make Joe some money today. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, he's got his own shit I to worry about. For him <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I really like Joe. I mean, you know what? I'm going to spend my entire day away from my family, my kids, and my, my multi million dollar architecture business to make Joe some money today. I'm going to call all my friends right now and see if they want to work out with me next week. I'm just going to do some cold outreach. I'm just going to yeah, yeah. DM random people yeah. on Instagram. Even better, Joe, if you want me to sit on your CRM today, I'll do the phone calls for you. It's like, no, that never happens ever. You know, so you really have to have, you know, again, marketing is much more than any one tool that you use for marketing. Well, that was beautiful. I think I'm going to cry. That was just like, <laughs> wow, so don't do that to me. There's no crying in the gym, for God's <laughs> sakes. And so uh, for you, the, you said the marketing, the, the campaign that changed your business was the six-week challenge. And it was the same thing for us. We, we, when we were running gyms, the six-week challenge was a, it transformed us as well as uh, 10 local area residents looking to lose weight. Um, you said you did four or five million in the challenge. You ran it twice a year. Um, did you do anything different than your bread and butter six-week challenge that the audience can learn from? Um, or was it you just, you know, you found something that worked and hammered the shit out of it. Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, again, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's funny because like, you know, when when we moved here to this new facility, you know, I was looking for some creative ideas. I had I was no longer working with Pat for whatever reason, because Pat kind of was he was in Louisville. A lot of the stuff he wanted to do, you had to come in person, stuff like that. For whatever reason, you know, Pat, no, nothing bad at all. We just, you know, I did a bunch of stuff with Pat and then kind of moved on, did nothing for a few years. And and when we moved here, I hired Ryan Lee to come here for a, a day. So I don't know if you guys know who Ryan Lee is, but he's a big, you know, he, he's kind of the guy who seeded the entire um uh, Facebook marketing ideology into the gym business. I mean, he seven figure Sam, Pat, uh, even even Mike Boyle, strengthcoach.com. He strengthcoach.com was sold to them by Ryan Lee, right? So Ryan Lee is like the OG of digital marketing and so forth. We paid Ryan like 10 grand for the day to come here and like educate a bunch of dipshit gym owners. And <clears throat> And he met with me and my business partner, and that's where we really saw the f we, we we knew what was wrong in 2014, but again, we're dipshit gym owners, so we didn't fix it till 2017. Um, and, and he basically said to us, "What's your best product right now?" We said, six week transformation. It's killing it. We just sold one out. He was here in the fall. We just sold one out like 100 and something people, and he was like, "He's like, that's amazing." He's like, "Let me ask you a question. Why don't you run one every six weeks?" And we were like. I don't know. <laughs> I had no answer. It was really because we didn't want to service it. And we had a lot of this other stuff going on because it was a complicated business with team training and sports performance. And in the wintertime, I was very busy with my five or six combine athletes. I had to spend three hours a day, five days a week training these people. And just driving so, to fields, you know. And just, driving to fields and shit, right. So, yeah, so, a lot of time. so we, we still only do it twice a year, but we have... A, a, a new year, new you, like a 30 day program and a summer slim down, which are basically the same thing, just packaged up and wrapped up a little differently with some different, you know, deliverables and stuff like that. So if we talk specifically about the six week transformation, a couple key things that I think made ours stand out was just, we always talk, the first thing I do before every transformation is I get my team hyped up. If the team's not hyped up about it, um, uh, the, the community is not going to be hyped up about it. So they have to understand how it impacts the economics of the business and how it impacts their economics, right? And, and, and specifically, you know, we bonus the shit out of our people based on the sales of our 6WT. And we do one better, which is like the, 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 the coach who has the best, like every coach is going to get a role of people. Let's just say for the sake of this argument, that there's a hundred people doing our challenge, which is usually where we cap it. 10 coaches, they get 10 people each to monitor during the transformation process, right? 
the coach with the best transformation factor, meaning whose people have made the best overall transformations as a team, wins a boatload of dough. We also bonus the coaches themselves to do the transformation along with the community. And the best coach with a transformation wins a boatload of dough. So that's that that creates that give a shit factor internally, right? So again, like you guys know you're in the gym game when 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 your employees are happy and fired up and excited, generally speaking, that overflows to the community. So that was a big hit for us. And that, that's one thing that worked really well. Second thing that I think was great um, was uh, 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 our training model in and of itself, right? People get a lot out of our training because we do real strength and conditioning, right? The base of our entire training pyramid is strength training. And, and you know, now if you go back to 2010, 2011, right, when we were doing that, it wasn't where it is today, right? CrossFit was kind of the first ones to really showcase the barbell lifts and people doing those types of things. And that really created some excitement. So for us, it was people getting real results. And all of a sudden you had, you know, he had 40 year old moms and 55 year old dads getting yoked, right? Getting jacked and fit in six weeks. And it's like, you know, losing 30 pounds, 35 pounds, 40 pounds, right? Getting fitter than they've ever been in their lives. It's like, wow, this is amazing. So that, that, you know, the training model matters, right? So if you're running like boot camps and things like that, that's great. But at some point you got to lift some weights, Right. And, and that's going to create the that's going to create, you know, everlasting change. So that's our model. And then lastly, I think on the sales side of things, you know, um, we, we I have a great sales guy here for years and years and years. Me and my business partner did all the sales. But our, our GM and director of sales here, Mike, is a, an absolute dynamo. Right. And, and we our sales team here is fantastic. And, and one of the things that we've implemented in the last couple of years since the pandemic. So this is probably like. 21 or so. So, you know, two years, two and a half years now. So I think we've done it. This is our fourth transformation. This is our fifth one. This is our fifth transformation using what we call a buyback program. Very similar to like Hermosi's ideology, where it was like, you know, if you do the thing, we'll buy back your, your transformation. So we just started doing that kind of similarly, where, you know, if you, when you finish the transformation, if you sign up early for your membership by before week three, right? So it's a six week program. If you sign up before week three, we'll buy back your membership will buy back your transformation in the form of membership credit over a period of months, right? Um, if you don't do it at the end of week three, you lose half that credit. And then we have another buyback event in week five. I don't know why I got the I got the sprinkles. Look at that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I and I got the buyback event in week five. They get half of that back now over a period of months. That's created a frenzy. And now we're closing, I would say, you know, at least of, uh, uh, out of the people that we have, you will probably close, you know, uh, uh, you know, roughly 80% of the people who are going to, who are going to join anyway, join in that first week. Right. So we get that, we get them locked in right away. And that creates a great, now they're in, they're full-time members. They get a bunch of other member perks when, they, as soon as the second they decide to join. So things like that. Um, and that's created a really great sales opportunity for us because now what we used to do back in the day is obviously like a lot of people do. You finish the challenge and then you try to chase them for a membership, which is just shitty. <laughs> and I, again, learning from my mistakes a little slow. I wish I had started that process a little earlier. So, so and what is included? Is it six weeks of semi-privates or is it nutrition also? Yep, you get you get a little bit of everything. So so as a, as a whole, it's six weeks of semi custom semi private training. Um, you can choose between two or three times a week. You get a customized meal plan, a, a recipe book, food logs, uh, shopping guides, 
uh, all, all sorts of videos, like a video deck that you get. We do it. We kick it off with a great nutrition seminar that I run. We do that live too. I still do every one of those live. I, I enjoy doing that a lot because I think it allows me to connect with the people. Since I don't do much of the training anymore, if any, um, it allows me to connect with some of the new people and get to meet everybody. And it's like they have a face to the place. You know, yeah. the guy who won the transformation didn't know me very well. So at the transformation party a few weeks ago, he's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do here? I was like, Burr. I'm the janitor. <laughs> yeah, I'm the hired help. <laughs> so, and then what's the price point? Uh, about seven hundred. Seven hundred. That's seven hundred. I think for the base two time a week program. Um, and we do an internal upgrade for members too. So if you're a member for one ninety nine, you can upgrade to the next level of your membership for the six weeks too. So that gives you the program, the opportunity to win the prizes, and uh, an upgraded membership. And 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 on that note, for everybody listening on the business side of things, um, that's a really great ploy too because we we're, we we have just about it's slightly under it's like twenty eight point nine percent of the people who we upgrade stay there. And so they're going to stay for a minimum of a month, but the majority of them, that 28, so 30% stay for at least another month at full price. And then out of those, out of that, more than 50%, it's roughly about 68% of them, 67% stay um, for multiple months beyond that, right? So again, in terms of increasing your yearly client value, um, expediting people's results, getting that social proof, creating a frenzy of, you know, dominating results in your community, things like that. You know, the more you can get people to use more training and do more training, obviously the better they're going to, you know, the outcome of their, whatever their goals are, are going to be expedited. And, and I think a lot of people base their training based solely on price, right? Oh, and I don't want to spend more than this. So I'm just going to train twice a week. It's like, all right, well, if I can give them the opportunity to train three or four times a week at a relatively low cost, when they see the benefit of that, and they see the results. They're like, all right, you know what? That extra 150, 200 bucks a month is well worth it. If I can actually get in shape. We run that program at every gym, and the only thing we don't do um, at the smaller gyms that we have here is they just don't have the class option. So it, when you're on a semi, when you're on a personal training membership here at HQ, you automatically have about 20 classes a week that you can jump into. So it's a nice benefit here to have those classes. Obviously, with the smaller facilities, we just don't have the space. I want to transition and talk about the smaller concept because that um, that seems pretty exciting, right? So we've talked to a lot of gym owners who own their facility, have grown it. It does impressive profit. Um, but the outcome is that's a that's an asset that, you know, um, probably is worth a couple million bucks. You know, yes. two to five million in, in upside has been some of the better scenarios we've seen, which awesome. You know, I'm sure when you started personal training at 19, if, it, if you said, hey, you'd have this thing worth five million bucks, you would have you would have not no, believed, no. believed yourself, right? <laughs> And then coaching, uh, your coaching business, like coaching provides amazing cash flow, but like not something that's super sellable. Now, this concept, your smaller concept that you're growing 20 of, that's something that um, to me on the surface, if you can make it work, can generate some some real wealth, you know, like like boat and plane wealth. Because it, it, if you can get to 20 and they're they're each spitting off somewhere between 100 and 200 in EBITDA, like that's an asset that private equity is going to be interested in or someone's going to try and turn into a franchise or maybe you turn into a franchise. Um, and, and that's a con, you know, if you pull that off, that's eight figures plus uh, of wealth creation. So um, 
let's talk about it a little bit. Why did you choose to pursue this, right? Because it's obviously going to be a grind going back in and opening up a bunch of facilities. And, and what makes you think it's going to work? Well, besides being a glutton for punishment, um, you know, I, I, I look, like I said, I, I knew Dan and I had been toying with other entrepreneurial ventures, right? Um, I We have some properties, we have some other things that we do. And, you know, but I've, the, I think that where I have the most skill and ability is obviously within the brick and mortar gym. Out of all the gym owners that, you know, Dan and I have met in all the years, we've met some very, very good ones who are savvy business people, but they are far and few between, as you know. And, and so Dan and I thought that we had this unique ability in our local community and beyond, at least in this North Jersey, where there are ridiculously a, a amount of gyms, but very few of them are run, um, you know, with world-class coaching and experience and a, a really good set of business principles behind them. So we thought we had an opportunity there. There's lots of mom and pop gyms, lots of little gyms, lots of owner operated gyms, and they're just flying off the seat of their pants. So Dan and I thought, like, man, we have this thing here. We know what to do. We just scale it down and take our best model there. And it really, because, you know, in, in total transparency, we found a set mark here at this facility where it's like, all right, and again, like bench pressing, and now you go back to my NFL athletes as an analogy. If I have an NFL lineman who bench presses 500 pounds, me trying to get him to bench press 550 is counterproductive. He's strong enough. He doesn't need to get any stronger. So me trying to bench press 550 might actually wind up injuring him and destroying his career. And the same thing here, going from a million and a half to two million, is going to take so much juice and energy and so much manpower and a ridiculous amount of marketing and a ridiculous amount of money to get from that 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 next little bump okay that it really wasn't worth it to us so when we started looking at our own personal income and what we want to make out of here obviously when you have a partnership and we're we're even we're 50-50 partners so so you know making enough money each was a big thing it's like all right well what's the what's the best way to scale our personal income you know immeasurably. And that's, okay, great. We take our best product, our best services. We created the model. Like I said, you know, 125, you know, 125 clients paying over 400 a month, you know, keeping the, you know, we know the model. We want to keep that 1200 to 1800 square foot facility. You know, that gets you right to about uh, 550,000 at 45, you know, percent, 40, 45% ROI. We should be able to pull 200 K out of each facility. Um, we're going to do that you know, out of our, out of our Ridgewood facility. And, uh, and that's a hundred K. So I look at it like between 75 and hundred K personally for each one of these, obviously if you do 20 of them at a hundred K each, that's 2 million in personal income. Um, and you know, the EBITDA there is enormous and, you know, a venture uh, VC company come in and buy that for a multiple of millions, um, or, or you ride it out and, and, and you create some legacy wealth and, and we have some great employees here that, uh, we want to be involved in some, in some of that expansion project. We have a, uh, we have a person, who's who's we're part we're bringing into that business as a partner um adam who's our partner in the business of strength and and he's our director of training he's a super talented guy motivated you know great coach great dude you know he's you know become like family with us he's been with us for 10 years now uh, he's as loyal as it comes he, he eats sleeps and breathes vh so it's like all right if i can help create legacy wealth for some of my people too um me personally, I, I, you know, like I said, 
you know, I'm doing okay. I, I, I've been blessed that the, the thing that I was passionate about has actually become a real business and has provided me with a great lifestyle. And, and I, I, I've never worked, I, you know, as hard as it's been, as miserable as it's been, as much as I've wanted to set this place on fire many, 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 many times, you know, I, I've never actually had a job since I graduated college. So um, I love what I, I thought you were going to say I never set it on fire. I never no, did. I never did. I never did. I came close. I was, I was outside with a Molotov cocktail one time for real. I was like, I'm lighting this shit. <laughs> I'm doing it. Every gym owner's had that feeling. At least once. <laughs> you know. Uh, so you mentioned the the team, right? So how are you? How do you hire and fire now? Like it sounds like I heard somewhere else you used to have a lot of part timers back in the old days. You've uh, um, cut that team down and paid people more. So why did you make that switch? And how are you going to find all the talent you need now as you go to try and open 20 more gyms? Yeah. I mean, you know, like a lot of people, you know, so I, I do have a unique um, situation. Um, I'm a part-time professor adjunct at Montclair State University. I've been there for 20 years teaching anatomy and physiology. And so I'm intimately tied in with the exercise science community, phys ed community at the school. And, 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 and I love it there and I still teach there and, and, you know, I'm finishing up my 20th, you know, year and semester. Right. And, and so, so every year after class, after a semester, like, how do I get a job? And I was like, Oh, I have one right here for you. <laughs> Our first seven employees were all Montclair state alums. And 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 our and our entire management team, including myself, is Montclair State. And like you know, now we have I think we have like eight or nine employees. We've had dozens of a lot of of interns and stuff like that. So, but that set aside, it was it, there was no pricing model. There was no real structure to how we hired. Mostly not how we hired, but how we develop people. In the last few years, we've really professionalized that process from the messaging to attract because marketing for talent is still marketing, right? So just because instead of trying to attract a client, I'm trying to attract a top talent coach or a top talent operator or a top talent sales rep, right? Whatever it might be. So the messaging has got to be there. Then people, people have to resonate with your brand on the marketing side of the recruiting. So first thing in recruiting is marketing, right? You got to really create a great message and a job ad and a job process for them. Second is we professionalize the interview process. You should just be like, you know, we'd fire random questions and stuff. We just, you know, documented everything. What do we really know? Hone, how do we hone in on our, our core values? You know, Colby test everybody now. So now if you're getting hired here, you're going to get a Colby test, right? Um, so we get a little personality checkup to make sure that they're the right fit for the, what we're trying to get them to do. And, and then, and, and the biggest difference has been our on the job training process. So, so now, you know, if you were going to, if you wanted to apply for a job at VH, you, you, the first step in that process would be a 15 minute get to know you Zoom call like this with me. And I'm going to I'm going to do a quick screen interview and just kind of see where you're at. What are you looking to accomplish? What are some of your goals? Things like that. Right. We'll move you to a full interview with myself and um, usually either me or my partner. I'm usually I usually do the most of the recruiting and because it's so critically important for us right now, especially as we scale, we got to get we got to pick the right people. I can't get to a I can't get to a grand opening and then have one of our new facilities like flood out and be like, that's it. I'm crumbling like blue cheese. I'm out of here. Right. And they run away on us. Right. So you got to really pick the right people too. that got some hardened skin and really want to work and they're going to cut their teeth in the industry, you know, with us. Right. So, so, you know, we go full interview. It's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be me or Dan and another leadership team member. So there has to be at least two team members there. It's a full hour, hour and a half of us grilling them and getting to know them and kind of making sure that they get the juice. 
from that point, we do a shadow day. They come in for a half a day, probably about four hours or so. And, and you know, we get them coaching and spotting and hanging out in the facility and just see how they interact with everybody. Um, we usually try to take them out for lunch at that point, too. Just kind of see you know, what their interactions and, you know, personal cues and things like that are. We make them an offer. And once they, once they accept the offer, um, we, they start with their on-the-job training. We have a 10-week on-the-job training program. They get a manual that's like a uh, – do I have one sitting on my desk? No. I have, I have a, we have a big on-the-job training manual, and it's like your roadmap to success. And it's basically like a step-by-step every week, every day for 10 weeks, what they got to do, what they got to learn, who they got to know, who they got to – you know read, what they got to read, everything. And it's like, you know, we videoed everything. We use we – use, um, um, what the hell is it called? We use Teachable. We use Teachable to create like video teaching uh, modules. And so I, we can see that they've been done or not too. So like you can load in like, you know, your sales system, your marketing system, your emergency response protocols, you know, uh, our customer service guidelines and all that stuff. And we've digitized that. I've done PowerPoints. I record it. We upload it to Teachable. And I could just say, hey, you know, hey, John, have you watched the, uh, did you did you get the customer service video done? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did it. Okay, great. I can check and teach. Well, yep, it's done. Great. Awesome. You get the next check on your roadmap and you go down. Some of the stuff on the roadmap is like, you know, writing a letter, writing, writing, a writing a hand letter to a to a team member, thanking them for helping you this week. Somebody who helped one of them is like introducing yourself to the community and stuff like that. So it's a lot of, you know, it's business stuff and community stuff, because obviously the goal of that 10 weeks is to onboard them not only to the business, but also to the community community so people know them and love them by the time they're done um and and then you know and then from that point when they finish their on-the-job training they're a full-time employee they're full you know they're they're always full-time but it's like you know they're a full-fledged team member and uh, and then the real work begins right and that's when you actually got to work and that's when you got to start coaching and training and doing assessments and selling and stuff like that so um you know now we're hiring you know like right now we're obviously i'm looking for a different caliber right so back in the day you know, I would take the fret. We built our entire gym off our internship process. And like, you know, and, and like, you know, you get that 20, 22 year old kid out of college, you know, you know green as hell. You know, we take a chance on them. I, I'm looking for good kids. Oh, great. We got a great kid who wants to work, but it takes us a year to make them good. Right. And then, you know, before they're good, I can't wait like that anymore. So now we're hiring people at higher levels. We just hired a guy, Kieran, you know, master's degree, collegiate training experience, Olympic trainer training experience, you know, really big presence, great dude, huge man too. He's like six, six, three, six, four, 300 pounds, like a big presence, right? Great guy, big, big teddy bear, super nice guy. Um, come in immediately making an impact in our coach on our coaching floor immediately. Great coach taking over some of our educational process, going to help out a ton with the internship program. And, uh, but again, my, my point is, is that, you know, sometimes you have to pay for speed. Sometimes, and, and that's really the biggest lesson in recruiting that I've learned is if you want to move fast, you just got to hire better people. <laughs> you know, you know, great players make great plays, and so, so you know, we've just made a focus to professionalize the recruiting, the hiring. The, obviously we're paying them a lot more too. So it's like, you know, the days of like, Hey man, like, you know, I got this job for you. You okay making like $27,000 a year and working like a hundred hours a week, <laughs> you know? And, 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 you know, that might've been cool, you know, 15 years ago, but now, you know, if you've got a master's degree and you got some real experience training, you know, you know, our goal is to get our, our goal is to have, um, you know, more people making a hundred K a year than any other gym in the industry. And we always, Dan and I always say that when we PR in payroll, we're going to PR in the pockets. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing I wanted to ask you more about because it seems like from things I've heard you say on other podcasts, it seems like paying people well is important to you. It's important to your retention strategy. So I guess what is the leadership team for you? Like what does that mean? And then how much can the top people in your leadership team make and how much can your top coaches make? At, at, and and is this going to be obviously the case for, for, the, for the new facilities? Yeah, I mean, pay scales pretty similarly. Obviously, the most profitable positions – in in the in the company overall are going to be your facility leader positions right that's basically like your gm right so like here at our big facility our gm mike he's our longest tenured employee he's been with us 15 years he's our highest paid employee deservingly so he's also our director of sales and he owns the sales seat and he sells you know two million dollars a year in 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 you know in personal training roughly you know um and he educates and and controls the sales process for our facilities and every every one of our new facility leaders and and anybody who's on the sales team has to go to sales school with Mike and you know it's a, several weeks of you know uh selling and 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 sitting next to Mike and learning the process right so you know a top a top a facility leader whether it's in the satellites or here you know is going to make about a, you know get a at the facility leaders, the small facilities, you're going to make between 85 and 100, depending on the size of the facility and what the facility turns out. As you stretch the limits of that facility and you get creative and you maintain an attrition um, you know, of less of under 5%, your facility is maxed out um, at what we, call, what we call max minimum, which is basically like our predetermined max basis. So like, again, like let's say if X amount of classes gives us a max max of 175 clients. We roughly base that off about 75%. So it's like, all right, we're going to have, you know, this, this facility is going to be max minimum at 125 clients. If you maintain 125, you get attrition's under 5%. We're, we're maintaining a cash cushion of three months revenue, you know, over uh, in the bank. And we don't have to keep dipping that. And, 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 you know, the vibe is good and you're good. You're going to get a bonus plan on top of that of roughly 5% revenue share on that. So that'll take you to the hundred K mark here in our large facility. There's a little more variables. There's a lot more selling going on. We have 400 members here. So it's a, it's a pretty large scale operation uh, that requires a tremendous amount of uh, selling, you know, just because based on 5% attrition, like, we had a couple of good months. We had a, we had a lot of good months. Like our average right now is just under that five percent mark. But we had a couple of months where it was like eight percent. Like at four hundred members at eight percent, you know, you're losing thirty members that month. It's like Ugh. a lot of six week challenges. A lot of selling. You got to you got to hit the phone. You got to hit the phones hard when that happens, right? So so you know our, our goal for Mike, honestly, is I, I think Mike will be the first hundred and fifty k employee. You know, um, and 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 he he will. He, he, he is, he's a special human being, um, not just because of his ability, but because of who he is personally. You guys don't know Mike, but he, he, he will run through a wall for, for people he uh, believes in and trusts. And he's, he's wrote it with us, good, bad, or ugly in every way, shape, or form. And, and you know, it, it is our, our goal to make sure, you know, he, he retires a VH employee. So I want him and his family to be successful. He's got a beautiful wife, you know, and, 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 you know, I want him to go home feeling proud about the decision he made 15 years ago to be like, I'm going to go work for this guy, Joe, who's opening up a gym. I have no idea if it's going to work. And he said, but, but guess what? He's going to pay me 250 bucks every other week. <laughs> and that's what I paid him when he started. And, and, that son of a bitch stuck it out with us. <laughs> I mean, if he's coming from uh, the strength, the strength like the college football background, you know, did 250 every other week for 100 hours of work, that's probably a raise. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, yeah. So that's the kind of the philosophy. So the majority of training, like the facility leaders, you know, the goal is to get them to 85 to 100. And then obviously if, if they exceed their expectations, if they, if they exceed the, the, the revenue of the facility, maintain a great culture and, and, and a low attrition, they can get some bonus revenue share on top of that. Um, our leadership team, which is our advisory team, that's comprised of myself, my business partner, our director of sales and GM here, Mike, and our director of training, Adam. We used to have a third person on that, our operations person, they're lo no longer with us. Um, we have once a month, all full-time employees sit in the leadership meeting, right? And we go through a deep dive into the business finances, economics, and, and expectations for the quarter, or for the month rather. And then our two facility leaders, um, that you know uh, will will sit in on that uh, as well, and we have our we have individual meetings with them. We have an individual leadership meeting at each facility. Um, you know, a main one on Monday here in the HQ, and then a small one, a quicker one on the others. A regular trainer here. It really depends on where you're at on the skill level. So you know, uh, if you're a full time trainer here, you know you're going to start somewhere in the high 40s, right? So you know you're going to be about 47,000. Um, the goal is to get you to 55 as quick as humanly possible, so that you know you, you you know you can go home to mom and tell them you made a grand a week, right? You're doing it, right? And and, and you got that, you got a decent paycheck. And I think that's kind of the set bar. You know, you got if you know if you're a Long Island guy, you know how expensive it is here to live in the Northeast. Just like you know, um, you know, rents have gone through the roof so if 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 you expect somebody with a degree and we only hire people with degrees too like so you know you have to have a minimum of a bachelor's degree to work here um and and that's just one of our pet peeves and i have like five guys with master's degrees right and so if you got to have the guy like you know again let's just take coach kieran who's a, one of our newer hires this year you know if you got to get a guy with a master's degree in 10 years of real training experience not not some you know, bullshit mom and pop shop around the corner, like legitimized training experience, um, working with world-class coaches and athletes and individuals. Um, you got to pay that person. And the expectation for somebody with a real degree and real experience is that they can make a living to where they can support themselves, right? And if you make $40,000 and you live in New Jersey, you cannot live on your own. You cannot, you, you, you have to, you'd have to have four, four friends living in an apartment to live on your own. You know, a, a one bedroom apartment, anywhere local here is going to at minimum be 2800 to $3,000, right? So like, you know, there's your entire paycheck if you're, if you're only making $40,000. So I just want crime. to make it clear. I'm not a Long Island guy. I just need to make that. I'm visiting. <laughs> I'm visiting. I am currently okay. visiting in-laws. I am not. Uh, I'm not I did not Long detect Island. the Long Island accent. Yeah, so yeah, I've been practicing. He just spends though. more time there than anywhere else on the planet, but he's okay. not a Long Island but guy. Not, oh, they're going to convert the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go like back to 10,000 uh 10,000 feet here like the the high level view you, you you say you want to open 20 of these you're talking like this first segment of five like what, what's the grand plan like how do you have this mapped out what's the timeline how are you how do you know when it's time to stop or how do you know when it's time to like put your foot on the gas and and go bigger um so you know i um what makes me and dan a great partnership is obviously our friendship and everything too. But like, you know, Dan is a much more measured and calculated individual. And I'm like, let's fucking do it. Right. Kind of guy. Right. So, so we balance each other out really well. You know, I, my goal, if Dan listens to this is a hundred of these things, there's no reason why we can't, I, I, we met with Mick Rick Mayo a couple weeks ago 
And, you know, Rick's got this giant, we could have a thousand of these things. And I'm standing there, I'm like, that dude's flesh and blood just like us, bro. If he can do it, we can do it. There's nothing he knows that I don't, right? Rick's an idiot. If he can open a thousand, no. No, not at all. But it's like, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person, he's super smart, but I'm the type of person that I have to see it. And if I see somebody doing it, then I know I can do it because, you know, I, it's, it, there's only two things that you need to do it. And that's, you know, what skills am I missing that I still need to acquire? And do I have the balls to do it? And am I going to do the work? So the reality is, is that we've set a goal of 20, but I think we could do way more. So we look at things in short sizes. So the goal, we have four blocks of five planned out in different regions of New Jersey and Rockland County. I'm solely focused on the first block of five. I have the I have the towns and the locations planned out that we want to be in that we know are high quality, high caliber towns with the right demographic of people. And, and and there's a specialty that I'm looking for in terms of like the traffic flow and 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 I'm looking for a community center type of town where you have this you have a small downtown community center type of town. I think that's the best fit for these style of gyms where people are already coming in that direction because the majority of things that are happening in that town are happening in that general vicinity, right? So when you when you plan those things and you look at traffic flow and again you look at our demographic, it's going to be mostly um, you know busy moms, right? It's going to be seventy percent, you know, probably seventy percent women. I think our Ridgewood shop is about eighty percent women, and that might have to do with the facility leader too. Like if you have a female facility leader versus a male, you might attract a little bit of a different you know vibe in that specific location. Um, but it's still female centric, even here. I think you know we're about sixty eight percent females here, you know, too. So. You're going to be, it's mostly busy moms. It's mostly, you know, 35 to 65 year olds. Um, and, and what do busy moms want more than anything? They want convenience, right? They want it. They want it. They want a great place that that's convenient to go to. They don't want to go out of their way. They want to be able to come to work out, drop the, drop the dry cleaning off, stop at the store, right? Go pick up the kids from dance class or whatever it might be and things like that. So, so those are the kind of facilities we're looking for. And when we get the first five done, We'll reevaluate the process, sure up any loose kinks with the systems and operations and processes and people. Um, our, our initial plan is that each facility will have a facility leader uh, um, who's basically the GM, head of sales, head of development, head of coaching, right? You'll have a number two um, head coach, which will be another full-time coach. And then depending on the size of the facility, you'll have a third swing person that'll either be part-time or full-time depending on the size of the facility. If you go to one of the larger facilities and you get to like 1,800 to 2,000 square feet, you might have three full-time employees in that facility. But, but our ultimate goal would be to have run with two and a half, right? We like that. We like that. We like the economics there a little bit better. Um, and save that other $25,000, $30,000 in salary for some of the marketing and community events and really uh, showcasing some fun stuff with your community, like, you know, like a happy hour once a quarter and stuff like that. And that, make, that goes a long way. Taking it like this tonight, we have our team off site with our whole team. We're taking our team out for Christmas, our Christmas party. And then next week we have a we have a happy hour, uh, like our Christmas happy hour um, in our in our satellite facility in Ridgewood. We're taking a, taking the whole community out to a local bar, which the bar owner is one of our best clients. He's a great guy and, and become a huge fan. So if you don't if you spend all your money on salary and you don't have enough money to pour back into the community, I think that's a problem, too. So the, these small facilities are very tight knit. The facility leader really is the vibe of those facilities. And, and again, when you're looking at a facility that's going to have between 100 and 150 clients, the majority of them, you're going to know everybody. You're going to know the kids. You're going to know what they do for a living. You're going you're to have a really good bead 
uh, on that community. So I think once those facilities max out from a marketing perspective, we like to pour some dollars back into the community, you know, events, seminars, workshops, you know, parties, right? Everybody likes to drink, right? And, and have some catered parties, a little brunch party, stuff like that. And, and that stuff costs money. And if you blow it all on payroll, you can't do those things. So um, once we get five of them set up, we'll set up a regional um, manager, That'll, that'll kind of be the oversight for those five. Um, and that could be one of the facility leaders that's kind of just transcended their ability. And they kind of just maybe they, they, they drop down to the half role in their main facility and, and then monitor the other ones. Um, we're still working out the details on that. Um, our partner, Adam, who's coming in, he's going to be the COO of the expansion project. So he's going to oversee a lot of that stuff. And he's going to be the guy going from facility to facility to make sure, you know, that the food that we're serving is really good and tasty and hot every day. And uh, that's really, that, that's the plan. Does that, did that answer the question? That Christmas party, it's uh the biggest community event and the biggest HR event every year for most gym owners, you know, <laughs> yeah. cleaning up the mess for a month yes. after that. Yeah. yeah. They like to drink and do other stuff too. Yes. You know? so well, is- well, the, the, we, we've separated our private, like, co- like let's call it our employee event from the, um, from the community event. Right on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there might've in the, in years past, there might have been a few talkings to. Hey, uh, you do realize that there are clients here. You, you... Talking, talking like a grizzled veteran. You know, like I said earlier, that's a that's a that's some veteran talk. That's yeah. some. I learned. I got this scar already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one's right here, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been awesome. We're running over. We already took up uh, too much of your time. You've been very generous, and I'm sure the audience is going to get a ton out of this in terms of where people go if they want to find you what's uh what's the best spot uh for the gyms best place to go is just varsity house gym all one word dot com and if you want to connect with me you could just go to coach joe strong on instagram that's the best place shoot me a dm let me know how i can help and uh, i love to connect with other gym owners entrepreneurs strength pros see where they're at and uh you know i think i think you guys are doing a great thing here the more we grow the industry, the more we can level up gym owners and, and continue to create uh, centers of excellence in our community, uh, the better the entire industry grits and the more respect we get as a community of pros, um, as opposed to just being a bunch of, you know, gym meatheads from the 90s with the grease back hair and the stringer tees. Well, we're looking forward to following along on your journey and uh, I'm looking forward to checking out your gym next time I'm in New Jersey. Please do. You're always welcome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the time and thanks for having me on. That's it for this week's Gym World Worldwide. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a nasty comment. We'll catch you next week, Gym World.